In this edition of Locked On Capitals, I have the very latest on your Washington Capitals, the progress to Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson. We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition, I have the latest, the greatest, everything you need to know about your Washington Capitals as camp starts here at the end of the month. And uh, this story in The Athletic, they're talking about it. Although training camp doesn't officially begin until September 22nd, I've been making regular visits to MedStar Ice Complex over the past few weeks to reconnect with team personnel and watch players' optional practices. And uh, here is some of the notes that he made here. Monday's morning informal skate saw the biggest group of veterans and prospects on the ice at MedStar Ice Complex. Just about everyone whom I expect to make the big opening night roster was in attendance for the session which was run by goalie coach Scott Murray and began with skills before ending with a spirited five-on-five scrimmage. So it is good to see that the Capitals are starting to show up early. I think that the sting of defeat, a first-round exit uh, last season, is leaving them hungry to prove everyone else wrong, to prove to the NHL, I know you've panned us, I know you've written us off already, but this team is going to go somewhere, and I think that they have you know, I guess I would say like a chip on their shoulder. And I think that the Capitals are going to be in a good position uh, to do some big things this season. I'm most excited about seeing Darcy Kemper and Nett personally and see what they have. Um, the skate was so well attended. In fact, it was divided into two. The first time this season, Alex Ovechkin and the NHL veterans went first and the prospects hit the ice afterwards. Near full attendance a week and a half before the start of camp is a good thing, of course. It's also a strong indication that everyone was penciled into the opening night lineup is healthy. Monday's group did not feature Nick Backstrom or Tom Wilson, both of whom continue to rehab long-term injuries. And we knew that, uh, you know, kind of the outlook for Nick Backstrom is, is that we'll be lucky if we see him at all next season. And Tom Wilson is going to be back around Christmas. Now, I know a lot of stuff can change. You know, there has been a lot of advancements in medicine. And, uh, you know, there is the possibility that, you know, Tom Wilson could come back or Nick Backstrom which, you know, I guess I'm going to say is a bit more of a long shot, but I do think it's possible. 
I know that a lot of people have spoke of that the outcome, and I, in fact, have spoke of that the outcome on that procedure isn't too favorable. But the you know the players that they they cite in those examples are players that have had those procedures some time ago. Um, so you know there is always the possibility you know that Nick Baxter went to a top of the line physician, a surgeon, and um, he's going to come back and he's just going to play fine. That's what I'm keeping my fingers crossed for in any event. Backstrom had surgery on his troublesome left hip in June, has been in the D.C. area for a few weeks now, and has been at MCI on a daily basis, rehabbing behind the scenes with head athletic trainer Jason Serbus. So, wow, that is not news that I was expecting to hear. You know, I, did, I thought that, you know, we wouldn't even hear or see of him for some time. But for him to be making this kind of progress this soon, that is most promising to me, and I am very uh, excited about that. The longtime alternate captain is slated to participate in the team's internal marketing photo shoot later this week. The plan is for him to be on the ice in full gear, though he's expected to take it easy, really easy, as in there won't be any starts and stops or anything strenuous. And that's the last thing that we want. You know, sometimes these players that they're like, you know, I'm feeling fine. I'm going to come back even sooner, you know, pump the brakes and and just and take it easy, Nick. Um, I think that, you know, the caps. They went out and picked up Dylan Strom. I think they're in a good position for some time, so take the time that you need. It's believed that it will mark Backstrom's first time on skates since the end of the last season. While it's still unclear when Backstrom is going to feel good enough to start ramping things up, on ice at least, his participation in the photo shoot would seem to be a step in the right direction, even if it's just a small one. And, you know, he is a a part of this team, uh, an integral part of this team, and, uh, you know, he should be included in this photo. I do see him coming back at some point. I think, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I would see him coming back more towards uh, the, you know, tail end of the season. But, um, you know, I would like to be proven wrong in any case. Wilson, meanwhile, is believed to be ahead of schedule in his recovery from ACL reconstruction surgery on his left knee, which shouldn't be as much of a surprise given his work ethic. Like Backstrom, the 28-year-old winger is also slated to participate in the team's marketing photo shoot. And like Backstrom, he's also in full gear, but is expected to take things slowly. And, you know, I guess one of the biggest things that um, Tom Wilson has working on his side is his age. He's, you know, quite a bit younger than Nick Backstrom is. And, um, you know, I guess I'm going to say probably, uh, you know, in fact, he is. He's in a lot better shape than Nick Backstrom is. He's just um, he's younger and better in shape. So oftentimes when you have those two things working for you, um, oftentimes that is when you're going to heal that much quicker. When will Wilson return to the lineup? The original timeline suggested that he'd recover anywhere from late November to late January. Now, though, the team is optimistic that he's on pace to come back on the front end of that initial estimate. Call it early December-ish. So that is a bit earlier. Um, Initial reports out there that he wasn't going to come back until around Christmas time. So to even get that bumped up a few weeks, that's a, a step in the right direction. Carl Hagelin, on the other hand, has been a regular participant in the informal skates this summer as he works his way back from a significant eye injury. And as you all know, he suffered that, what I'm going to say, fluke accident. It wasn't even in a game. It was at practice where he took a stick up high and uh, he lost a good portion of his vision. He's had multiple surgeries. I'm not sure what his vision is like at the present moment, but... um, 
you know, I think that, you know, just him being a regular participant on ice is a good sign. A few weeks ago, the 34-year-old switched to a Danny Heatley-like visor that comes down significantly lower than most. Hagelin's visor is also tinted. And uh, that's one of the things that I talked about earlier is, um, you know, I, I'm almost in favor of them of getting the same kind of um, grills that they put on the front, you know, almost like a fence that they put on front um, or the aquarium. Sometimes you hear that, um, that they have in college hockey, because, you know, I don't know if it's aesthetically speaking, if they want to see, you know, the players face more clearly, but just take a look at all the accidents, whether it's been eye injuries or, you know, getting it in the nose or losing a tooth. I think, you know, take a look at um, Martin Faravari, for example, Another good example where if they had a more substantial um, um, covering over their face, I think that that would definitely help them out. The penalty kill specialist also recently ditched the baby blue no contact jersey for a formal one, a development I first noted last Thursday. This is from Tarek El Bashir in The Athletic. I've since been cautioned not to read too much into this. Yes, it means that Hagelin can take on more contact than before, but... I was I was reminded he still has many hurdles yet to overcome before he is cleared to return. I've also noticed that Hagelin hasn't always participated fully in post scrimmage conditioning, which makes me wonder if something else is bothering him too. And um, you know, I think the Caps are in a good position here. You know, they have um, Axel Janssen Fjellby who has a healthy set of wheels underneath him. So I do think that you know, say for some reason Hagelin isn't good to go. Um, at the start of the season, I do think that they are in a good position with him. And he's another one. Go ahead, Carl. Take it easy. Don't, you know, I think especially in his case, you know, he, he had that eye injury. He's like, you know, I'm going to go out on my own terms. You are not going to dictate, you know, how things go for me. So I am really rooting for Carl Hagelin out there. I do hope he makes a return. Um you know, that eye injury and what other uh, lingering issue out there kind of is worrisome, but uh, I am hoping for a positive return. All right, so after the break here, we are going to continue to talk about the Capitals. What is going on down at MedStar Ice Complex? What is the outlook for this team? We'll talk about that next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. And guys, if you haven't done this yet, please go to it. With the start of the NFL season, using BetOnline makes watching the games that much more exciting. So go to BetOnline where the game starts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this edition, we are talking about all of the activity at uh, MedStar Ice Complex. I was going to call it Kettler. It's it's still hard for me to shake that one. It was called Kettler for so many years, but a lot of the Washington Capitals are beginning to show up, um, and that is a good sign here. So goaltending was solidified with free agent signing of Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, um, and that is the matchup that I'm looking for. 
You know, it's going to be an interesting season for Darcy Kemper. You know, this is going to be uh, one of his first seasons as being the number one netminder that's going to be, you know, carrying a bulk of the mail for the Washington Capitals. How is he going to fare? How is his long history of injury going to stand up? You know, I do have my fingers crossed for him that he is going to do a fine job, but I guess a lot remains to be seen. The same could be said for Charlie Lindgren. You know, I know that Charlie had, you know, an all-star, you know, year with uh, the Thunderbirds last season in the AHL. How is that going to translate to the NHL? I know he had a brief stint uh, with the Blues last year, but, um, you know, how is he going to hand up to the rigors of uh, playing in the NHL? All six spots on the blue line appeared to be spoken for with John Carlson, Dmitry Orloff, Nick Jensen, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and Martin Faravari back, and Eric Gustafson signed to replace Justin Schultz, who departed free agency. There's not much wiggle room up front either. There are 11 healthy veteran forwards on ice um, with Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Oshi, Mantha, Brown, Eller, Strom, Hathaway, Shiri, Dowd, Marcus Johansson, Connor McMichael makes 12. He's entering the second year of an entry level contract. And, you know, that is. That Connor McMichael, this is one of his years. I'm not going to say make or break because he, you know, he has some time to develop, you know, especially since that you know, the forward core is kind of solidified, but, you know, I think that he is going to have to slowly start to make his way um, in, in playing more games out there, you know, and, uh, you know, I think he's going to really battle out there for some of those positions. You know, I think a lot of people are saying, you know, Lars Eller's a lock out there. I think that Connor, Mike, Connor McMichael may, you know, kind of battle it out and try to take Lars Eller's spot out there. I guess it remains to be seen. There's a lot of questions about Dylan Strom and Connor Brown. Are they all going to fit where everyone thinks they're going to fit? Could a prospect like Axel Janssen Fialdi or Joe Snively force his way into the mix as a fourth line left wing? Perhaps is there a chance Lucas Johansson or Matt Irwin could apply pressure on Gustafson? Maybe. In the big picture, what this means is camp is going to be less about actual jobs and more about who gels with whom. And, you know, I'm just going to kind of tie this to baseball. I do know uh, that this is a hockey podcast, but if you want to take a look um, at Juan Soto uh, going out to the Padres, you know, I think that the Padres thought when they got Soto and Josh Bell that they had it locked up and they were going to win a World Series. Guess what? Juan Soto hasn't been playing that great uh, out in um, San Diego, and it does appear, you know, kind of just factoring in how Abrams and everything is playing, that the uh, the Nationals may have come out ahead in this deal. So I'm going to tie this back to the Capitals. Just because of all the players that are out there, and we think we know where they're going to fit, what it does boil down to at the end of the day is chemistry. How are they all going to gel together? And I think that going forward, um, it's you know it's going to be who gels, like they were saying in that article, not necessarily what, who's penciled in. Head equipment manager Brock Miles and his staff figure to be busier, busier than normal this season. A lot busier. Why? The Caps are going to wear five different uniforms this season. The normal reds at home and whites on the road. The blue alternates with the big W on select nights in D.C. And a yet-to-be-announced uniform for February Stadium Series. Again, in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, in a new reverse retro, which is rumored to be black. And there has been a lot of conversation uh, there was a poll out there that said the Washington Capitals red home jersey is rated as one of the worst. I want to say it's the third worst in the league, you know, according to whoever votes for it. 
They say it's a jersey that has not aged well over time. What are your thoughts about the Capitals' red home jerseys? Uh, hit me up on Twitter, either Dan Caps two one eight or Locked On Caps. I want to hear what your thoughts are. The fans, are you over? the home red jerseys. And the question then is, what do they switch it to? I have heard some people talk about them doing kind of a take on their older jerseys that they had before the red jerseys with kind of like the eagle on the front. Is that a good idea? Uh, You know, just the renderings that I've seen online, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, But, uh, you know, going forward, what is it going to be? It seems like, you know, people are in general, according to that poll anyway, kind of over the old red jerseys and you know i would see the white jerseys on the road which are the same except just different colors um but just yeah hit me up on twitter dan caps 218 or locked on caps and let me know what your thoughts are about the jerseys for one and then what should they change them to i am most interested in hearing from you on that there's a lot of helmets jersey pants and gloves to juggle it's also the most uniforms the caps have ever worn in a single season speaking of uniforms the picture i tweeted out last week this is Tarek el bashir of prospect hendrix lapierre wearing a capitals jersey with a new caesar sportsbook logo created quite a bit of stir online and you know i am looking at that picture right now it is a red um, badge that says Caesar Sportsbook, but it's red on white. So it's consistent, of course, with the uniform. To me, it doesn't look bad. I think that some people just like to to complain about things. If it helps generate a little bit of revenue for the NHL and kind of get them to where they got to be, I have got no problems on that. That's another one. Hit me up on Twitter. What are your thoughts about the logos on the jerseys? To me, it really doesn't matter at all. I think that it's fine. Like I say, if it helps generate a little bit of revenue, that is okay with me. Capital One's logo will continue to be featured on the helmets. NBC Sports Washington, the regional sports network that broadcasts Caps games and that was recently purchased by Monumental Sports and Entertainment, is not expected to change its name this season per industry sources. It is anticipated that the network will be renamed ahead of the 23-24 campaign, likely with the guidance of a marketing firm that specializes in rebranding. And wow, Ted Leonsis just this mogul out there um you know he had the monumental network before which was basically just an online version if you remember several years ago but now for him to buy um the broadcasting rights for nbc sports washington is a major coup for him and good for him you know i think that you know he is the one with the money he is the guy that is signing these huge contracts and paying these players and you know one other thing i would like to see leonsis do is to help save the nationals as well. So if he's got some money to spread around, um, if he could spread some the nationals way, I would welcome that. And I think the nationals would as well. I've also been informed by industry sources that the talent lineup is not slated to change for the upcoming season in the booth. Joe B and Craig Lachlan. Yes. Uh, anything less would be second best. I mean, Joe B the epitome of a great broadcaster, just, you know, and I hope to have him on the show. I've had some conversations with him that he may join me um, a little bit closer to the beginning of the season. And that would be the ultimate honor for me. But um, uh, Joe Beninati uh, is just the ultimate uh, broadcaster who doesn't broadcast just hockey. He broadcasts just a slew of different sports and does it just amazing job. And, you know, just kind of a behind the curtains thing. I was watching a thing on him. You think, well, what's the big deal? I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to call a game and I'm going to call it like that. He has to learn all the intricacies of those games. He has to learn the numbers. And, you know, like he sometimes calls lacrosse games and that kind of thing. 
you know, so just to be well-versed and to be able to, to vocalize what you're seeing and doing it in a great way. Hats off to Joe Beninati and Craig Lachlan, of course, uh, a former cap player and a great color commentator, uh, just a really all-star lineup. We'll continue in the roles as play-by-play announcers and color commentator, respectively. Al Koken, which we all love to, meanwhile, will continue to serve as the intermission interviewer and ringside reporter in studio. Alexa Landistoy, who's done a great job, and Alan May will return. And Alan, again, another great guy. Hockey IQ through the roof. Um, I miss his podcast that he had um, years ago. And uh, I wish he would get back into podcasting because he is a wealth of hockey knowledge. We'll return as the primary hosts on the pregame and postgame shows. So those are some promising words and promising things for me to see on the Capitals. I, you know, it's, it's the behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, one of the things I was talking about with uh, Ben Raby and I talked about with John Walton is if you live outside the DC market and you listen to a different team's uh, broadcasters out there, sometimes you're like, wow, uh, the, the Capitals are really lucky that they have the broadcasters that they do. And um, I kind of, you know, I believe that as well, because if you listen to some of them, they're not nearly on par uh, with what the Washington Capitals have. All right. So after the break, we're going to continue to talk about the Washington Capitals and what is going on in DC. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we're talking about what is going on down in D.C. in this article by The Athletic by Tarek Elvashir. He's talking about... He attends the practices and he was kind of just talking about all the comings and goings down at MedStar. The Washington Capitals Alumni Association on Monday announced that this year's Alumni Weekend will take place on October 6th and 8th. The event will feature 20 plus alumni who will participate in a fundraiser, hockey clinics, as well as meet and greet. Per the press release on October 7th, the alumni will attend CAPS practice and spend time with the current players. So who's going to be there? In addition to the usual characters, fans can expect expect uh, Gonchar, Zednik, Kiprios, Miller, uh, Oleski uh, to be among the alumni in attendance. So it is going to be um, it's going to be quite a who's who out there um, of uh, former players out there. And uh, those events are so fun to watch. And, uh, you know, the, the Capitals just always find a way to entertain. And, uh, you know, these alumni games are always exciting as well. So um, if you are able to watch that in any capacity that those um, will be sure not to disappoint. But just to kind of wrap it up here at the end of the show, we're talking about the Capitals and what to look for here. That are my big takeaways out here. Is It's going to be interesting to see if, in fact, Carl Hagelin comes back. And if he comes back, you know, in what capacity? Is he going to be able to play full-time? Or is it going to be Axel Janssen Fjellby's job to start it off there? The other one I'm looking for is Connor Brown, top line, right wing, penciled in. Is that what's going to be the case? Or is it going to be someone like Anthony Mantha who's going to rise to the challenge? Second line center, Dylan Strom, ostensibly filled in to be the second line center in Nick Backstrom's absence. They really had to go out and pick up someone big to fill someone like Nick's shoes uh, because he does have big shoes to fill. And, um, Given the fact that Nick is most likely going to be out the entire season, the fact that they went out and picked up a big name like Dylan Strom, I think is a good one. And then the one for me, the one inconsistency the entire of last season, 
was the net minding situation. And everyone was talking about, well, who are they going to get in net? And at the start of free agency, Max swung for the fences and got Darcy Kemper, who it was the biggest name free agent on the market, won the Stanley Cup. But now the questions remain as you kind of peel back the layers of the onion here a little bit and you start to see his long history of injury. But, you know, we can't really hold that against him. Uh, you can also take a look at his record last year. Um, it was most stellar. Is that going to be able to translate to a Washington Capitals team that has a different defense and different schemes out there? I guess that remains to be seen. And also Charlie Lindgren, a bit of an unproven commodity. I know he had a standout season uh, with the Thunderbirds, the St. Louis Blues AHL affiliate. How is that going to translate to regular duty with the Washington Capitals, at least on a back-to-back game or something. I guess it's going to be interesting to see how the workload is split, but you got to think that Darcy Kemper is going to carry a bulk of the mail. And then who is going to be ready as the number three for all intents and purposes? It does appear that it is going to be Zach Fukale. And if I have something to say for Zach is be ready. You know, if you take a look at that history of injury with Darcy Kemper, I don't want to jinx anything, but it's possible. I mean, I am a fan of stats and history, and those are both things that we're talking about here. Um, is that he's going to have to be ready because we don't know what lies ahead uh, for this team. You know, if you take a look at football, some substantial injuries already that have kind of changed uh, the complexion of for a lot of teams. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On L. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.